0: It is April 1995. A Goofy Movie. Bad Boys and Friday are in theaters. The soundtrack Soundtractor Friday is topping the charts, as well as White Zombies Astro Creep 2000 and shania twain's any man of mine oh as well as oasis some might say everybody is playing chrono trigger for the super nintendo and if you're hanging out hanging out at the arcade in 1995 mortal kombat 3 has just hit the arcade mega man 7 lands on the Super Nintendo and a young Mr. Fretz turns 11 years old complete with a Sonic the Hedgehog themed birthday party. Oh, and the WWE gives us ugh, Wrestlemania 11. A show that has mixed reviews, to say the least. And it is the event that has been both called the worst WrestleMania of all time, and ironically enough, the pay-per-view that saved the WWF. Welcome to this special edition of the Fretzelmania podcast. I and Mr. Frets. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Legendary JF. You can also find me on Wrestle Addict Radio on the Game Changer podcast with my co host and good brother, Nate the F and Great. Follow us at Addict underscore wrestle and Nate at Real F and Game. And watch for us every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio feed, everywhere podcasts can be heard. This podcast can, of course, be heard everywhere from Apple to iTunes to Spotify to my home here on Anchor.fm. And why not consider joining the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon? Uh, you have seen tastes of the content that I create for, for our Patreon on the Fretzelmania feed, such as Fretz's Faye 5 and the 20 Bell Salute. Today, I'm continuing my series of rebooking the WWE in 1995. This time we have WrestleMania 11. Oh boy. So, going right back into Titan Sinking by James Dixon, the WWF in 1995 had. The weakest and most bereft of star power in years, and the growing concern within the company is that WrestleMania didn't look like it was going to have the feel of something special for the first time in the show's history. You know, no Hogan, no uh, Savage, no. You know, Andre had you know died a couple years previous to this, and. You know, Bret Hart had just lost the world title, so he wasn't at the top of the card at this point in time. Vince was not confident in the proposed main event of Diesel and Shawn Michaels. He didn't have the confidence and the ability for them to pull a strong pay-per-view number on its own. It was a blow to their eagles, egos, gosh, but an understandable decision based on recent live event numbers. Even Deshaun, who, like everyone else, could see that business was down. And not wanting the biggest show of the year to fail, Vince searched for a solution. And did what had to be done when his talent needed a boost in drawing power. He brought in outsiders. He brought in Super Bowl winner and NFL great Lawrence Taylor, positioned as the main attraction really oh wow okay uh titan sinking by the way you have to read these if you're a big time wrestling mark like me i love this book you know i love the the titan trilogy i've talked about it a little bit in in previous episodes here so yeah this is my continuing series based on my blog on fretzelmania.wordpress.com, f-r-e-t-z-l-e mania where I look at 1995, one of the worst years in the WWE's history, and in the words of Adam Blampied, "Well, let me have a go. So at the actual event in the IRL, WrestleMania 11, at the Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, which I believe was the former home of the Hartford Whalers, a defunct NHL franchise that moved to Raleigh to be the Carolina Hurricanes, the 2006 Stanley Cup champions, and the, as Don Cherry would call them, the bunch of jerks because of their storm surge post-game celebrations that I find amusing. So, WrestleMania here, we had the allied powers of Lex Luger and the British Bulldog complete with uh, USA-UK mashup entrance theme, defeating the Blue Brothers. No, not the Blues Brothers, not Belushi. Jacob and Eli Blue with Uncle Zebekiah. Now, the Blue Brothers are, of course, Ron and Don Harris, the Harris Twins, the DOA, the Grimm Twins, whatever you want to call them. With, well, good old Uncle Zeb. You know, Zeb Coulter himself, Dutch Mantell. As their manager, just billed as these hairy mountain men from Appalachia, whatever. Uh, Next up here, we had a singles match for the IC title. Razor Ramon, accompanied by the 1-2-3 Kid, defeating Jeff Jarrett, the champion, accompanied by the roadie by DQ. The Undertaker defeated King Kong Bundy in one of the worst matches of the night with Larry Young as special guest referee uh, a major league empire for some reason was there and then owen hart with a mystery partner defeated the smoking guns for the tag team titles and the build-up here was that owen hart was going to have a mystery partner to unseat the tag champs and eventually for him to Win all the titles just like his brother. Yes, he's still quasi feuding with Brett at this point in time, despite the fact they haven't had a match on TV yet in 1995. And that tag team partner ended up being Yokozuna, who gained even more weight since Survivor Series. I think he exceeded 600 pounds at this point in time. They have course were accompanied by Mr. Fuji and James E. Cornette and Owen and Yoko win the tag titles and have a pretty long run with them. Bret Hart defeated Bob Backlund in an I Quit match with Roddy Piper as the special guest referee except this was an I Quit match where he had to say I quit into the microphone and <laughs> Roddy Piper was being an overbearing asshole and it was kind of funny. Diesel accompanied by Pamela Anderson, what? Defeated Shawn Michaels with Sid and renowned anti-vaxxer Jenny McCarthy to retain the WWE title. And in the main event... gosh. Let me take a sip of beer here. I'm going to need some liquid courage. Wayne Gretzky's craft beer rye lager. Very tasty. Lawrence Taylor defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event with Pat Patterson as the special guest referee. Oh, jeez. Okay. Let's delete that from history and let's go into how... I would book it. WrestleMania 11 was a giant flop. A dud. A bomb. The WWE's roster wasn't half bad around this time. And a lot of talent were denied a WrestleMania payday. Bob Holly, Adam Bomb... Head shrinkers, the heavenly bodies, Rick Martel, you know, the 1 2 3 kid was relegated to a corner man, etc. So they decided to put a retired football player over a mid card talent in the main event. A smoking hot female celebrity and another smoking hot female anti vaxxer celebrity was part of the WWE title picture and a country singer wannabe was the intercontinental champion. Yikes. Not in my book. So here's Wrestlemania 11 how i book. Starting off the show whose entrance theme you're hearing right now Adam Baum wrestles Quang. Now these two spent the majority of 1994 feuding on Superstars, Mania, Action Zone, maybe even on Raw The Odd Time. And while Quang would, spoiler alert, become Savio Vega and had decent mid-card success, if not notoriety, Adam Bomb was kind of shafted. He was allegedly one of the cliques victims of backstage buggery. That you know, that list of people that Shawn Michaels allegedly wrote out saying, These are the people we want gone. And you know, he was he was a victim of that. Well, Adam Baum would go to WCW and become Wrath and then one half of Chronic. He didn't have a good run in the WWE. And I liked him a lot. I was a big mark for him. You're going to see a little bit of Adam Baum in this uh, rebooking series, just so you know. And I thought that, you know, Baum and Quang were both decent in-ring workers. They were at least competent. So I figured a curtain jerker between the two would get the crowd going. Baum used to get a decent pop with the kids. Uh, he had, you know, a cool entrance team, had a cool pyro. He always threw these... A-bombs in the crowd, which were just, you know, Nerf footballs being made into the shape of uh, mushroom clouds, which I thought was kind of cool. And Quang's gimmick was about to change, so this match would plant the seed. You know, Adam Bomb would win with his Adam Smasher finisher, and then being frustrated with the loss, uh... Harvey Whiplin would come in the ring, verbally be Ray Quang, resulting in a green mist to the face for Harvey. Next up here, the tag team titles. I would have the Smoking Guns go up against the champions, 1-2-3 Kid and Bob Holly. Fresh off of their, their heel turn at the Royal Rumble, The guns attack the spark kids during a backstage interview on raw and no, no on this show. I'm sorry. And they make short work of the already injured champions to win the titles with a sidewinder. They had been gunning for the titles since the Royal rumble. That's the last time I'm using that pun and the heel smoking guns a year earlier, you know start to have a decent run in the next match here i have the undertaker going up against bam bam bigelow now these two i think would put on a show stealer of a match you know taker had always been a great in-ring worker for a big man bam bam bigelow is one of the greatest big man wrestlers of all time you know i really loved seeing uh uh, the Thick Boy on on NXT uh, paid tribute to him during during their ladder match. Bronson Reed. Yeah, I forgot his name for a second. I had to take a break here and, and Google him. Uh, I don't know why I forgot his name. But yeah, Bronson Reed was paying tribute to Bam Bam Bigelow with his attire at TakeOver 30. And I thought that was great. Because, you know, Reed's got a... That kid's got a great future. Because he is agile... Like like Bam Bam, I think he might be a little bit bigger or about the same size as, as Bigelow was. So these two, I think, can put on a great match. This would, of course, continue the Dead Man's feud with the Million Dollar Corporation. You know, Death and Taxes have uh, have gone away. You know, his feud with IRS, Death and Taxes. Eh, what if that was a tag team? No, so. In this one, you know, Taker, he wins with the tombstone, and then the next night on Raw, Bam Bam is kicked out of the corporation, setting up a future face turn. Now, as I said here, you know, he's one of the best big man wrestlers ever. He could leap up, leap up off the top rope with ease, inspiring guys like Bronson Reed and Killian Dane to do the same. Although Killian Dane has trimmed down significantly you know and i actually referenced him in this blog which i think i wrote in like 2017 2018 now bigelow is a man i thought that would have been a champion in the wwe unfortunately he had both his demons and people backstage working against him while he had a great career in ecw being a being a champion there it just didn't work out for him and you know, tragically, he's no longer with us. He's been he's been dead for probably about fifteen years by now. It, it sucks. So I wanna give uh, Bam Bam a good rub here. And you get Taker continuing, continuing to vanquish the WWE of the Million Dollar Corporation, one member at a time. For the Intercontinental title here, I have Kind of the same match with Razor Ramon versus Jeff Jarrett. Although the one two, three kid won't be in Razor's corner, unfortunately, because, well, he was already injured this night, earlier in the night. So I could see him being relegated to not being there. However, the roadie will be in Jeff Jarrett's corner. Well, the real match was a hot mess with several interference spots. I can see the same the same thing here. However, uh, you know the roadie is ejected. And Razor retains the title and just goes goes out as champion here. And there is going to be a continuation of this feud. Just so you know. Uh, I initially had in the blog that uh, the roadie would jump him after the match and the kid would make the save. But I think what I'm going to do is that the roadie's going to jump him and try to interfere, but Razor uh, mind games. He ducks out and manages to escape the clutches of these, uh, these country singers. Next up here, the Allied Powers... Going up against the Blue Brothers, I would keep this match the same in order to profile the short-lived tag team of Lex Luger and Davey Boy Smith. Just treat this as a potty break match. Next up here, we have Diesel with Pamela Anderson against Shawn Michaels with Sid. The same match, just without the title. Now, Diesel was not a good in-ring performer, but... By the end of 1994 and early 1995, he was starting to get popular. You know, he turns babyface after jackknifing Sean at Survivor Series 94, and the feud is on. This is my universe, by the way, you know, where Owen Hart is the champion, uh, and Survivor Series is where... It is where Diesel did turn face, but in mine, my my version of it, which I'm not going to rebook that whole thing, because then I'd have to go retroactively back in time and i right now i don't have the time for it ah, pun intended so pamela anderson's royal rumble promise is initially given to Shawn michaels however he comes on too strong and is scared away sounds like my entire dating life so after diesel wins a squash match on raw against a, let's say Barry horrible it's she comes out to show her support to to the big man. A jealous HBK comes out and super kicks Nash several times. Sid becomes HB, HBK's new bodyguard after the War Rumble saying that I'll protect Sean. I'll do a better job than Diesel ever did. He'll say that he has half the brain that he or something like that. Now at this event Diesel wins a barn burner of a match like they actually put on was damn good and the next night on Raw like IRL Sid turns on Sean, power bombs him a bunch of times and Sean goes away for a little while to nurse his wounds and his ego. And finally in the main event Bret Hart versus Owen Hart for the WWE title in a submission match. Now, Owen Hart, of course, walks into WrestleMania as the world champion, and I had Bret Hart winning the Royal Rumble. The brother versus brother feud finally, seemingly, ends one year after their classic at WrestleMania 10. It comes for full circle. Nate, take a shot. And the year long build of Owen always getting one up on Brett is finally getting the big blow off. Throughout my 1994, which I haven't fully realized yet, Owen always gets one up on Brett. Except for when Brett won the title at WrestleMania 10. I keep that. Now the year-long build just it, it just goes on. You know, Owen wins the title at SummerSlam in the cage. And here we go. Just like night just like WrestleMania 10, they put on a wrestling clinic. Even surpassing that near perfect match. And then, you know, in the the apex of the match here. Not the apex predator. Randy Orton's not going to come out of a time warp and hit the RKO. Brett locks in the sharpshooter for seemingly in eternity. Owen Hart, to his credit, hangs on. And finally, after a long while in the sharpshooter, Owen passes out. And the new champion is brett the hitman heart and that's been it that is how i would rebook WrestleMania 11 let me know what you think tweet me at the legendary jf uh follow me uh on wesley radio listen to the game changer podcast uh consider joining our patreon you know this uh This particular podcast is not affiliated with Russell Attic Radio, but because I am an affiliate of Russell Attic Radio myself, I want to put them over big time because they are the reason I'm here. They are the reason that I'm doing this right now. Speaking of people who are the reason I am doing this, the Rant Foundation, formerly Rant with Ant, Ant, Phil, and Issa, uh... Just before I recorded this, they dropped a new episode of the Rant Foundation. Please, please join them. Listen to their show. Join their Patreon as well. Because like Russell Attic Radio, we have a great uh, Patreon group chat with a bunch of amazing people. Special shout out to Wade. Love you, brother. And yep, that's been it. Next time, I'm going to go in your house. That is, if I'm invited. And yes, I'll wear a mask. And yes, I'll bring my own booze. And Lysol wipes. No, I'm not bringing toilet paper. I need it. (laughs) Okay, that's been it. God bless you. Love you. Bye.